Old sport. Absolutely old sport. What about it, old sport? Morning, old sport. Hello and welcome to the first ever episode of Morning Old Sport. My name is Jake, or as he knows me, Mr. Elif. His name is Logan, or as I know him, the kid who's in my class and has been for the past four years. And this is a podcast where a teacher and student have a candid conversation over a cup of coffee every week. Logan, what's up? How's it going? It's going pretty good. Woke up this morning. Blue skies. Good morning. It's good. I um I woke up and looked in my kitchen. I woke up and looked in my kitchen and saw a light shining through, like the sunlight was shining through the kitchen and the natural lighting. Beautiful. It was just like perfect. Um, I don't know if that was a dream because I was taking melatonin last night, and so on melatonin I'm like a little woozy when I wake up. So I don't know if that was real or not. <laughs> but um, you know, we were talking about melatonin this morning. Because I told you I'd taken one before we started recording, and you were talking about the shadow people dreams that you had. Yes. Um, I think that would be just like a perfect way to just like start this show this morning. <laughs> so tell us about your shadow people dreams. So whenever I take melatonin, number one, I always wake up at like 5, 5.30. Every okay. single time, never fails. I never sleep good all the way through the night. So if I ever take one, I'll be asleep, and I'll have a dream where just a shadowy figure come, come running in my room on all fours, Kicks my door open, my door slings wide open, runs, and then runs straight into my closet. And <clears throat> at that point, now I'm like actually awake and I'm fully awake. And my dream feels like extremely real too. And now I'm fully awake and like in real life, I guess. And my door's closed, my closet's like, my closet's open, but my closet's always open. So, and I for some reason I always associate with my sister. I've been one person I was crawling, I'm like, get out of my room, like I got school in the morning. And after about 10 seconds of me saying that, I realized, like, oh, she, she's in college. She doesn't even live here. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, uh, <laughs> like uh, when you see it, is it like, because I heard this theory one time about dreams that they mean different things when they're from, like, different perspectives. When you dream, do you dream from, like, a, per- a first-person yes. point of view where it's, like, from your eyeballs? Or do you, like, see yourself? Or is it, like, a combination? No, it's always first-person. The shadow people dreams are always first-person. See, like, mine are, like, movies. I dream like mm-hmm. a movie. Like, uh, you can see yourself and I'll see like different angles. Like, sometimes it'll be first person, sometimes it'll be like Mm -hmm. me and the other people in the dream. So, like, that's so weird to me. All that being said, we're not here to talk about dreams today. We're here to talk about a book that you and I have both read and how it's impacted our lives. Because each week we're going to pick a different topic and kind of just like dive into it. And so, I think this week is technically your week to pick the topic. And you picked uh, the book that we've read, which is Looking for Alaska. So we both read Looking for Alaska. I read it about nine months ago, and then um, we had something very similar to what happened in the book happen here at our school. And so Logan's in a lot of my classes, and I was like, dude, you need to read this book. I really feel like it would help you and a lot of the other like students who are going through this loss of losing one of our students um, and our friends. Um, and so I was like, you need to read it. And so you finished it how long ago? Uh, about a week ago, two okay. weeks ago. So you just finished it. It's a little fuzzy on my brain, um, but I think we're just gonna like dive into like some of the things that really stuck out to us, and hopefully it builds a bigger conversation about what was going on. Um, one of the big things that you wanted to talk about was the Great Perhaps, which I think is really cool. Mm-hmm. So tell us about the Great Perhaps, what it means to you, <laughs> like what it was in the book, 
and then how like we'll just kind of dive in from there so i think it's about like just taking that risk that can just change your life completely like diving into something into the unknown not really knowing what's going to happen and just taking that risk that can change your life like miles when he went to the boarding school Mm -hmm. he was just really didn't have a life in florida in his old school he he stayed to himself just read people's last words and but he took that that risk and went to this boarding school and his life completely changed he he met alaska and that completely changed his life just taking that risk and for you like why was that so impactful like was the idea of it do you think it's because like you're in this like very important stage of your life and you feel like you're on like the brink of a of a great perhaps or Mm -hmm. like do you feel like those moments have happened to you yet i feel like the main thing that stands out to me the most is that you don't always know when that great perhaps is about to happen to you yeah that was what that was kind of where i was thinking about it is i feel like the biggest moments in our lives like you have no clue sometimes like for the most part you have no clue like there's obviously like super important things like somebody dying or you know like for me like my kids being born or getting married like Mm -hmm. obviously those moments are like boom great perhaps moments huge turning points in my life that you can like remember the date and stuff like that but I think what the book that I liked about it so much is that you know it documents it in a day-by-day basis Mm -hmm. and that great perhaps like he's writing it as though it's happening each and every day and he doesn't realize in the moment that his great perhaps is is happening happening. yeah and I can't remember at the end of the book does he ever even like recognize that he had that yeah that's where I got the the thing from where he was like i I sat, he was talking about the labyrinth, the labyrinth of life, the maze of life. Okay. And how he just sat in his own corner of the maze when he was in Florida. Mm. He just sat in his own corner of the maze and made his own life with people's last words and not really having any friends. Yeah. And then he took the risk, the great perhaps, and he was like, it completely altered the course of my life, just taking that risk. Dude, that's so, like, the way he writes that is so good because he's talking about, like, the last, like, or part of it, I guess. Yeah. Because now I'm, now I'm thinking about what you just said and how that, like, applies to, like, any situation. Mm-hmm. I, and I didn't realize how important that was when I read it. But now I'm saying, like, so many times people, if we're using this as a metaphor for life, like, everybody just, like, stays in their corner of the maze, which is, like, a metaphor for the world mm-hmm. that we live in. And, like, they are afraid to take the risk because afraid. they're afraid they're going to get lost or yeah. fail or something like that. And, like, I feel like... Even though the book and our lives are filled with so much just, like, suffering and pain, like, the idea of, like, taking the risk is the joy that you find in it of, like, why don't you just try it? And I love—we looked at that quote yesterday. We were talking about it when—I think he says something, like, in the book, like, when adults tell teenagers that they're invincible, um, they don't know how right they are because, like— and then that gets into like a whole conversation yeah, a whole of like energy yeah. and like can, can you see, actually yeah. be gone forever and like really big concepts that I don't know if I can tackle. But I think it is important to realize that like if you just try something, you might get lost along the way. But ultimately, that's the beauty. Huh? Yeah. And like, I don't know, the, the metaphor of the labyrinth is really cool, too, because yeah. it's like. It can it can relevate to like so many different things. Yeah, like it could mean life like in general. Like, yeah, I mean life is really just amazing itself because you don't really know where you're going. Mm-hmm. You just have to live in the moment. 
it could be life. It could be like a certain situation in mm-hmm. life. Like it could be a problem you're trying to solve. It could be as big or as small as you make it. Yeah. As you make it. And I think that was what was so cool about the book too is like he. I don't know if he knew that he was writing a masterpiece, but I think it's amazing of how like how broad and yet how specific his writing was. John and, Green. Yeah, and yeah. how much it like hit me. And so another thing that stood out to me about the book was. The whole last paragraph, yeah, or the whole like last thing where he's writing the, the two letter, last two or three pages. yeah, dude, yeah. and it's like, I don't know, you, we, you and I talked about it, like you can dive into that and read that in so yeah, many dude. different ways, but dude, that quote that he has, the Thomas Edison quote, yeah, where it's like he's talking about losing somebody, and mm-hmm. he says, you know, Thomas Edison's last words were, um, what? It's like I don't know, I know you're somewhere. And wherever it is, I hope it's beautiful. Yeah. And I'm like butchering the quote, but like, whew, like it's so good to just like grief is such a hard thing to tackle. Yeah. And like you guys having lost a classmate mm-hmm. is like one thing that I'm realizing as a teacher is like seeing so many different people affected by a tragedy in a way that is so like universal, but so unique, kind of like the book, you know, mm-hmm. like y'all are all navigating your grief in so many different ways and I think that it's being a kid I mean just talk about that for a second and you don't have to go into specifics or anything but just like what is it like right now in the moment being a teenager who's gone through something that's kind of like traumatic or full of grief um it almost brings us closer as a class and like just everybody kind of bonds together and is always there for everybody because I mean I've never been closer with some of the people that I've been closer with now because yeah. I mean, you just care for them so much deeper because you realize like we're not always we're not going to be on this earth in this body with our relationships and with our life forever so yeah. you can cherry that cherish that and it's just it's kind of it's made me closer with everybody and yeah. it's also made me like really appreciate living in the moment because I mean I used to just not necessarily go through the motions but I didn't appreciate the small things yeah I didn't like appreciate my friends and my family as much as I really should have yeah and just after this it's just kind of the way I've changed the way I view life like I appreciate the mornings the my family my friends like I just cherish everything like a thousand times more than I used to and I think that's like I don't know some, when something like this happens I think it makes you grow up mm-hmm. like you're great perhaps moments right mm-hmm. when, when those great perhaps here, here's a here's a weird thought like when you recognize the great perhaps moments happening mm-hmm. and you feel like you've taken that next step around the labyrinth and you've made that corner and you see a big wide open space, mm-hmm. if we're going metaphorical here, for whatever it is, like for me, yeah, like I haven't ever had anything super tragic happen in my life and I know that it's going to happen sometime. But like I can think about like marriage or like my kids being born. Um, when those moments happen, I think it like forces you to grow up mm-hmm. a little bit. And and for y'all as like 17 and 18 year old kids, like that's hard because you're not used to that, right? Mm-hmm. As for like me, as like I was 20 something when I was married and I was 20 something when I had kids, like I was kind of an adult by that point. So yeah. I was ready for it. But man, I think it's so, it's so interesting that you guys have had to learn to grow up mm-hmm. in that way. And I hate that for y'all. Um, yeah. But I think that you you guys' perspective, not just you, but the other students that we talk to normally, like, 
it sucks and it's really really hard yeah. to go through something tragic it sucks to go through something tragic and i would not wish it upon anybody but the things that you guys are saying in the moment you may not realize it but it is pushing you forward in your own labyrinth mm-hmm. and like pushing you forward in your life's journey um and it's like you said man like taking that's such a good lesson to remember to like take it not taking for granted the like little yeah. bitty small things everything in life cause and like that's something that I've tried to be better about and it's not really hasn't even been until like the last year or so that I've tried to be better about it I don't know we live in a world where you can document everything mm-hmm. and I'm trying to be better about documenting things but then like there's this whole reality of like oh when you're documenting something are you actually living in the yeah. moment and then it's like I don't know that's like a labyrinth for me mm-hmm. that I'm in right now of like how do you navigate being in the moment so like let's get let's get practical with it like what are the things that you're doing to take in the moment more and how are you practically doing that and what can you teach me of how I can be more present I mean I try to like I used to have my phone on me at all times and I used to always be on my phone I've gotten a lot better about keeping that away from me and just being outside also is like a humongous thing like nature and life is so beautiful like life is unfair but nature itself is beautiful and even the unfairness life and the aspect is beautiful. Dude, I try to on. That's so good. Like the fact that that flowers grow up from the ground and that mm-hmm. the sun comes up every morning and like being outside, yeah. So like where do you where's your, like your place that you go or what what do you do to be outside that like really like brings you to life? So I like to hunt a lot. Okay. So I mean you spend three hours in the woods there and I mean you literally watch the sunset go down or if you hunt in the mornings you see the sunrise. That's that's really beautiful. That's that always like touches me all like every single time. And it's also like in the like, woods. Yeah. Okay. Also, just like going on walks with my dogs, like just behind my house, like doesn't have to be anywhere particular. Yeah. And when you know when it's not thirty five degrees, I'd also like to go camping. But yes. Not are you like degrees. a are you like a go out by yourself kind of camper? Are you like like when you're in nature? Do you like being yes, alone? Yes, I like being by myself. Yeah. My faults and everything. Yeah. That's good and like. I think for for me, like, nature is so just, like, I don't know. This sounds, like, woo-woo, but, like, it's healing to be outside mm-hmm. and, and to just, like, like I said, just, like, be alone with your thoughts. Because I think when you have all these other outside forces, mm-hmm. even if they're coming from, like, a cell phone or, like, a, you know, social media or whatever, like, I don't know. Like, when you're by yourself out there in nature, you're forced to literally just be alone yeah. with your thoughts in the world Mm -hmm. and that's all that you have and like I don't know has that process like what with all this stuff that's happened in the past year in your life and stuff like that like has that helped you in any way to be outside yeah like because it takes away all your distractions like you're literally left there with nothing but you and your thoughts like it takes away every single thing that could impact your thought process yeah it's just you and I feel like and I'm not speaking into your situation specifically but for me like that process hurts at first and it's like really really painful to go through because it does take some work to like be alone with your thoughts and like actually confront them and be like okay Mm -hmm. this is how i feel and this is what's going on but to go back to our example like that is the way to take the next step through the labyrinth i feel like yeah because like you can either it goes back to what we said earlier like you can either sit in the corner and like neglect everything that's happened make your own reality right like just nothing ever happened yet. and just like sit there and exist and push away the bad feelings push away this push away that 
or you can address what's going on, even if it means like doing something that's like totally countercultural of like, I'm going to go outside and be by myself for 30 minutes and I'm not going to take my phone and I'm literally going to like... Which it sounds like a crazy idea, but in reality is not and it's been a thing for the past <laughs> millions and billions. billions of years. Yeah. And it's just... It's so new to us though that we're having to like... Isn't it weird that we have to like retrain our brains to think about things the way that we have always thought about them for thousands and thousands mm-hmm. of years? Just because of something that's been around for 30 years that has impacted our lives so much. Yeah. So we like, to, to recap, we got the labyrinth. Mm-hmm. We talked about the great perhaps. We talked about nature. last quotes, nature. Mm-hmm. And our advice to people today is to go outside and... Talk to yourself. Be nice to yourself. <laughs> talk to yourself. <laughs> I know that sounds crazy. In your head, like if you, like journal, write it down. Talk to yourself. I mean, if you need to talk to a pine tree, talk to yourself. Exactly. I mean, I did read. I just read a book. That may be the next reading you get of this guy. It's called Siddhartha, and he goes mm-hmm. to this river, and he meets this old man, and the old man's like, he's asking the old man for advice, and he's like, "What advice do you have me?" And the old man's like. I don't have anything to tell you. <laughs> Just listen to the river, and the river will tell you everything you need exactly. to know. And I think, I'll like, put thoughts in your head. Like, I really do think <laughs> that nature talks to you in ways no, that. No, it does 100%. So now that we've gone on our melatonin rants of oh, the day, yeah. sure. um, I think, I think this is a good place to stop for the first episode. Just, just candid conversation. How do you feel like it went? Logan? I feel like it went pretty good. Talked about a lot. Got a lot of stuff off my chest. It's like therapy. Mm-hmm. Weekly therapy. With and now I'm hyped up on coffee because yes, I've been yes, sipping yes. it. So that's gonna do it for this episode of Morning Old Sport. Be sure to smash that like button or smash your phone and go outside. Whatever you want to do. Okay, we'll see you next week. I'm Mr. Elif. This is Logan. Peace out.